notes this morning. Uh, the title of today's message is called From Here to Eternity. Uh, from Here to Eternity. And starting off just this, my relationship with Jesus uh, was a very tumultuous sort of experience. Um, I knew a lot of people who uh, found Christ, uh, gave their lives over to Jesus, and their life was just basically a consistent, wonderful relationship. And I looked at people like that and I said, I'm just like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Because it seems that from the moment I accepted Jesus, life sucked, and it was difficult, and it was painful, and there were experiences in my life that I couldn't control, and some that I could. Uh, the, just this, these thoughts of, 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 God, if this is what you have for me, I really honestly feel like I was sold a, raw, a, a bad deal. Um, how many of you guys have ever bought something that looked great on the outside, but then when you actually looked at it, you're like, I kind of bought something awful. That was the beginnings of my relationship with Jesus, because for the longest time, my understanding was accept Jesus, give your life to him, and everything that's difficult, everything that's problematic Everything that could go wrong will no longer go wrong because you've got the eternal get-out-of-jail-free card. You are now a Christian. And that wasn't my experience. I became a Christian and ended up sinking into a decade-long depression. Uh, I became a Christian and throughout the course of my life couldn't figure out what was going on in my head, so I attempted suicide more times than there are fingers on my hands and failed. And nothing is worse for someone who deals with depression is trying to kill yourself and failing that you kill yourself, which moves you into further depression. Um, so, uh, so that was kind of my... And, and the, the conversation that I had with God was, God, what is your deal? Like, what is your plan for me? If, you, if you're there, if you have a plan for me, what is it? And, and throughout most of my life, I dealt with this back-and-forth relationship with God. Like, things would go okay, and then I would kind of ease back into the fact that I didn't need God, then something would go horrible, and then I would get angry at God because he wasn't there, and so then things would go well, and obviously, well, I don't need God now because uh, things are going great, and then things would go bad, but God, you weren't there when I needed So it's kind of this back and forth. It's really kind of this one-sided issue, uh, which is usually me, uh, because as, as we have learned, God is consistently there. If there's something that I wish and I want people to know when they come into this church, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're involved in, no matter what your hopes and what your dreams are, God is present in your experience. And I remember going through uh, one of the most painful bouts of depression that I went through, and it coincided with a, uh, a trip to Rockford, Illinois with my major. I went to Jen and my wife, Jen and I, who will be up in just a minute. Um, we both went to North Central University, downtown Minneapolis, uh, and I was a youth development studies major, um, trying to figure out a way that I could get into the field that uh, I was dealing with most so that I could fix other people's problems while in the process ignoring mine, because that's sometimes what we do. Andrew's just laughing at me, so it's so funny. Um, if I can get Andrew to smile and laugh, I feel like the funniest person in the world. Um, so Andrew, sorry for just pointing you out in front of everybody. Now everybody's looking at you. But Andrew Coots, everyone, he's an A-plus guy. Um, but I remember going to this conference in Rockford, Illinois. And I remember sitting through this whole thing, kind of really going through a back and forth of, God, I'm going to give you one more shot. I'm going to give you one more chance. If you don't show up in some way in my life, 
Like you and me, like we're done. We're parting ways. The relationship is broken. I'm breaking up with you, God. It's not me, it's you. Um, and I remember being at this conference in Rockford, Illinois, and getting through the conference with nothing happening and feeling like, I got an out. This is great. I have an out. And, and the last speaker gets up and speaks, and he shows this really, um, really profound movie clip. I'm a movie guy, so, you know, I'm, that's my kryptonite. Shows a scene from the movie um, World Trade Center. And there's a scene where it's towards the end of the movie, and there's a Marine who comes out of retirement to go and help search for people. And there are these two police officers who are trapped in the buildings, and the only thing that they can do to get word out to people is, is one of the police officers just strains and grabs onto this pipe and just pulls and just makes this sound. And the reverberation, although very weak, it's all they can do. And so he just pulls, he just pulls this pipe, it bangs against something. They don't know how far down they are, but it's all they can do. There's a scene where this Marine hears the sound and goes running towards the sound. And he gets to the sound and with his flashlight, peers in, finds these two police officers. There's this moment and the Marine goes, I'm gonna run and get some help. And the police officer just being overwhelmed with the reality of being found goes into an utter panic and begins to scream, no, please don't leave. Please don't leave. We've been by ourselves for so long. Please don't leave. And the Marine looks at the police officer and says, I'm not going anywhere because if you know it or not, you are our mission. And God showed up. And God began to give purpose to the pain. And I was really hoping to have an out. And God began to speak promise in the midst of my difficulty. He began to speak hope in the midst of my hopelessness. So much of the fact that I am trying to keep it together, even now trying to keep it together through this conference, because I don't want to show that there's something wrong, because that's just not what you do. You don't show that there's, there's, there's things wrong. You don't show the mess-ups. You don't show the failures, because again, if we're following Jesus, then everything has to be right, right? And so I'm keeping it together, and we get back to uh, the hotel, the Holiday Inn Express in Rockford, Illinois, and I beeline it for my room. I beeline it towards the bathroom, shut the door, turn every ounce of water, and I just begin to ugly man cry. Just, just awful. Just bad. And, and, and God began to, in his way, not solve my problems, not take away my difficulty, not uh, remedy my depression, but what he began to do is he began to speak purpose into the midst of it. And sometimes the thing that you and I need most is not for our problems to go away, but for God to begin to speak purpose in the midst of those problems. And God began to speak into my heart and into my spirit this idea, this idea of what if there was a place, what if there was a place for people to come and lower their guard encounter community, and encounter Jesus. Man, at 21 years old, God began to birth this idea of Motion City Church in our hearts. And, 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 and through that time, like trying to figure out what all that meant, I, be, I, got, on staff, I got hired on staff as a, at a at church, uh, ended up uh, starting a campus in a community called Fairbo, and that was really my first experience with church planning and, and, and basically ending something and starting something from nothing. And then this idea of, of, of church planning just became so real into my spirit. And then when Jen 
came along. It kind of just kind of, she got grandmothered into this church planning idea. Um, this idea of what if we started something? What if we could be a part of something? What if we could put something in an urban context, in a city center that was a place for people to come and experience hope, experience life, experience Jesus, not dismiss the issues, but embrace them knowing that God has a plan for them. And so this, this idea of, of Motion City Church came and uh, Romans, if you have a Bible, Romans chapter 10 in the New Testament, Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14, um, really became kind of an anchoring verse when it came to why we do what we do. Um, so um, Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14, says this. And if you don't have a Bible, it's fine. It's going to be up on the screen. Paul writes, he says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? That became very much the, the heartbeat of my life. Understanding that there are so many people in all areas of this state, all areas of this country, who don't know Jesus. And, 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 and how can they hear if no one goes? How can they have the opportunity to hear about the man, Jesus Christ, if no one goes and tells them? And I live so much of my life just simply expecting other people to do it, and I would be fine joining them, but God, like you're, like, I feel like you're calling me to not simply be a part of it, but to lead something. And, 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 and that verse became such an anger. It's like, how, how is anything going to change? How are people going to have the opportunity to meet Jesus if no one goes? And I was like, great, God, who's going to go? And, and that's, a, that's never a question you ask, God. Well, who's going to go? Because the answer very quickly, you guys know, will be you. No, 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 no. I'll partner with something. No, 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 that, it's, it's you. You're the, you're the one with the burden. You're the one with the desire. You're the one with the dream. This church exists, I, I, I would often refer to him from this, this scripture verse, this, this church exists for the theys. How are they going to know? Who are the theys? Those are those who don't know Christ, who are outside of the family of God. This church's heart beats for the theys. This, this church exists to lead people into an authentic, growing, and thriving relationship with Jesus. And I've said it before, and, I, and we'll say it until the cows come home, but we will do everything short of sinning to make it easy for someone to meet Jesus. We believe that Jesus is who he says he is. We believe that his name and his sacrifice and his resurrection that we celebrated last week is enough in strength and power to change and transform the human heart. Uh, and so we've got this, who's going to go? Well, you are. Okay, so then what are we supposed to do? I've never started a church before. I've never, I've never, I've never, I've been on staff, and so I understand, but I've never started something from nothing. I've never led something like this. And, and, and so, God, I understand that, that this is what we're after, but I need you to just give me something. I need you to give me something more. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, Paul again is writing to the church in Corinth, and what he's doing is he is, he is convincing people 
that what we are doing, although it may seem crazy, is actually not crazy at all. Paul writes in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, he says, if we are out of our mind, and trust me, we had those conversations with people, when we said, hey, we're going to leave a job where a paycheck is consistent, and there's health insurance, and there's security, we're going to leave all that. And we're going to start something. And we have those you-are-out-of-your-mind conversations. But Paul says if we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. And this is for God. This has always been for God. This has been for his purpose and for his plan. And so if people think we're out of our mind, yeah, I guess we kind of are because it is for God. And then Paul says, but we have, if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us. For Christ's love compels us. Christ's love pushes us to places that we've never been, pushes us to spaces that we never intended to occupy. Christ's love moves us into action. Have you ever been compelled for something? Like compelled for something that it, it, it's, it's irrevocable, it's undeniable, it's unexplainable, and you would do whatever it takes to see this thing in which you are compelled to do, to see it come to completion. Man, that's what Christ's love did for me. In that Holiday Inn Express in Rockford, Illinois, man, when I met the true Jesus... The Jesus that says, yeah, you've got scars and you've got issues and you've got, you've got baggage and you've got a past. That's fine. I can do stuff with it. I'm not as much concerned of that as I am with you, Steve, because my love for you, my love for you is inexplainable. My love for you is undeniable. My love for you is limitless. My love for you and what I paid for you so that you could know me is, 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 is sometimes we would conceive it as reckless, but th this is how much I love you. And when I received that love, man, I couldn't simply just sit on it because it compelled me. It moved me beyond where I was on a trajectory of life that, I end, that, that we are living now. So Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he, being Jesus, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised to life. Man, the, the worst thing that we could do with our lives is cheapen them to the point that we only live for ourselves. The worst thing that we could, man, there is nothing like living life for something that matters, for someone that matters. When you have a, an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than you, there's something that comes alive. There's something that, that, that raises your, your gaze above where you are to something far grander. And, and this is what Paul says. He goes, man, we, we, we live no longer for ourselves, but we live for the one who died for us. Our life is compelled because Christ died for us. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If there was a megaphone statement that we would say this church is about, it is that be reconciled to God. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Like I said earlier, our sole purpose in existing as a church is to lead people into an authentic, growing, and thriving relationship with Jesus. We believe that these are not simply words to inspire us to think bigger, to do more, but we believe that this is a commission for every single person who is a follower of Jesus Christ, who is in a relationship with Jesus Christ, man, we take on this mission of reconciliation, seeing a world reconciled to the hope and mercy and grace and life and purpose and love of Jesus. Man, I, there's, there's, there's not much more that can get me out of bed in the morning than this idea that, God, you've given me something more to live for. You've given me a purpose greater than what I could have discovered on my own. And God, I am so grateful for the fact that you placed us in this community and in this neighborhood. And so we've been a portable church for about three and a half years now. We're, gonna get, we're getting to future stuff here now. And as Jen and I have been praying, as we have been waiting as God has been sifting and, 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 and moving some pieces around in our mind, I know it sounds like I'm saying we're quitting, but that's not it at all. It sounds like, this totally sounds like the beginning of a breakup speech. It's not. Um, but we know that our next step is a step of permanence. And Jen and I have been praying and believing God for the right spot, and we believe that we found it. We believe that we have found Motion City Church's permanent home. It's very exciting, I know. Jumping for joy back there. Um, Jen's going to come up in a second and talk about it, but Chelsea, do you want to just scroll through those pictures just really quick? Um, we found a spot that we believe can be our forever home. Where is it? It's not too far from here. It's right on uh, Bloomington and 41st. So one of the things that God told us when we, we started this is like, God, where's our church going to meet? And he said, don't worry about that. I'm like, that's a pretty big thing to worry about, God. And he goes, no, what I want you to worry about is I want you to worry about finding a place to live. Because we learned very quickly that you commute to a job, but you serve where you love. And we love this neighborhood. And we love this community. And so we bought a house. It was a miracle. Talk about God showing up. And then about three weeks to a month into it, God said, all right, get a map of where you live, pinpoint your house, and draw a one-mile circle around your house. He goes, you, you, you can't look for anything outside of that. So we're like, okay. And uh, so we drew the circle. It's within a mile, this location. And... Um, 
And one of the things that we're learning as being a portable church is, is we have a, a wide reach. There's a lot of things that we are touching as a church. Like there's a lot of things that we're involved in and relationships we have, and we love those relationships. We wouldn't trade them for anything. But we have a very wide reach and a very shallow root base. Because we're not visible, um, if someone were to try and find us during the week, we have a P.O. box number. And that would be very awkward for someone to go to the P.O. box and just wait. Um, because I only go there maybe once every other week. And so they're going to be waiting a long time. Uh, but we, we want a permanent space in the community so that we can continue to have branches that go wide, but so that we can have roots that go deep in this community because we love this community. We believe that God has the best intentions and the best plans for this community. And it's not to say that we're bringing anything to this community, that we're the answer for everything, but we want to be a part of what makes this community great. And what makes this community great is its deep, intricate root system of permanence. This historical component to what makes our community great, we want to be a part of that. We want to become a part of the permanent fabric of our community. We don't want simply wide branches, but deep roots. And, and, and one of the things that we believe a permanent location does is we believe that a permanent location is a promise to the community. A promise to the community that we will be there. I think about um, our wedding vows, Jen and me's wedding vows, and they go something in the realms of, um, do you take, uh, for richer or for poor, right? For richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, as long as you both shall live, till death do you part. So that sort of thing. So we look at a permanent location as being that. It's a promise to our community that says, we will be there in good and bad times. We will be there when life has plenty and when it has a little. We, we promise to be here forsaking all other opportunities, forsaking all other pay grades, forsaking all other job opportunities, for, forsaking the potential of anything else, forsaking everything till death do us part. Because it's, I'm either dying or Minneapolis is dying, but one of us is going first. It's probably going to be me. But we will forsake, till death do us part, we are in this for the long haul. We believe that a permanent location would speak to the community in a way that nothing else does. We're really good at being portable, but we're really good at tearing down and getting out of here quick because we don't want to pay any more money than we already are. So we're really good at uprooting everything and getting out of here. What if we could just exist? What if we didn't have to rush out of here on Sundays? What if there was a place that not simply we could come, but the community could come and have a little hope breathed into them, a little life breathed into them? I don't know about you, but as I watch the news, is I have conversations. We could use a little hope. We could use a little life. We could use a little good. And so we really believe that we found our home, but that, this doesn't simply just involve us. This involves us as a community, and so I'm going to invite my much better-looking half up here and she's going to talk a little bit about really what this means for us as a community and then kind of pitch a, a really fun idea. So, hey, babe. 
I go, what idea am I pitching? <laughs> we had different definitions of pitching ideas. Um, so I've looked for years, guys. As soon as we started this, we literally started looking at buildings for, for the last four, five, I would say five years. And um, as many of you may know, Minneapolis is challenging in the fact that it's expensive. If you own homes, like homes are expensive. Um, commercial property is expensive. Rent is expensive. And there's not a lot of places to just build things. You know, it's, it's full. There's not a lot of land in the city. Apparently his brother did a study in high school about that. Like yeah, it was really He's funny. Not He's not here. So we knew it would be challenging, but we, we knew it wouldn't be impossible. And so this building came across our path in December, and we, before we brought it to you, wanted to make sure we did a lot of homework first to even see if it was a possibility. Um, we haven't signed a lease on it yet um, because we need to know that there's financing first. But we're at the point where we've negotiated with the owner, and we've got the lease, the amount to something that we can do. And so part of it, you saw, obviously, there used to be a bowling alley. So that's why it looks like it did like it, like it, again? yeah, maybe put the picture up again. Thanks, um, it was gutted already. The other half of the building um, has a Spanish immersion preschool there, daycare preschool. And so this half has been empty for four years. And so we've had contractors already come in and do bids for build outs for it. Um, and we had one bid already come in for $385,000. It's expensive to build things. Who would have guessed? Um, and we have another contractor that we've connected with who has been amazing. And he has a lot of commercial real estate background. And he actually is retired and does this now just for churches. And so he's now come on and partnered with us. And on Tuesday, we're going to have a bid from him. So in two days. <laughs> so you can be praying about that, that it's a lot less than 385 <laughs> is, our, is our hope and our goal. Now with it, the goal would be we don't want to take any loans out. Um, we are going to work really hard and raise the money. Um, so when we started the church, Steve and I by ourselves, we raised $150,000 to start this. So we know it can happen. But the beauty of this time around is we have all of you and all the people you know and the people you know who may know somebody and the connections run deep and wide. And we're so grateful for that. Um, so with it, to make this building happen, we had looked at into going into it with another nonprofit, one that we partner with called Ace in the City. You guys have met Tim before. Um, for them, they're looking for a permanent facility, so it ended up not working to do it together. What? Sorry, I don't know much about mics. You like this? This is why I'm not normally the one speaking. I'm holding it in the wrong place. Um, okay, sorry, space. So how to make this work? One of the dreams we had for years is starting a coffee shop. Um, and now that's becoming a reality. So we're actually going to be starting a coffee shop called Motion City Coffee. We have, do we have the logo on there? There's the logo. So Nate and Tiff, who are not here today, uh, Nate designed this for us five years ago. We knew one day we wanted to do it. And the reason being, we're not starting a coffee shop to make money. <laughs> this is not, a, we're gonna start something and, and make a ton of money and get rich, not at all. We're starting a coffee shop because guess what? The easiest way to hang out with people all week in a coffee shop and the best way our dream a dream week for us would be to hang out in there and meet people all week long and to talk with them all week long and such a non-threatening easy way for people to come to our church and to experience just community and life and that's and many of you those who've been here while you know that like our strength is in our community and friendships and just where you can walk in and just leave everything at the door and you can talk about anything and so what that will look like it will be a for-profit 
full-time coffee shop open and run for the for the community so it'll be open Monday through Saturday um, it will be big that's the thing the space is 6,500 square feet it's ginormous but the coffee shop will basically be what our lobby of the church will be so you'll walk in and it will be it'll be beautiful and there's like fireplace and the whole like coffee bar and there'll be tables and high tops along the windows for you to come in and work there'll be a meeting room that people can rent out which will also be where our big kids are on Sundays what am I doing wrong You'll have to pay for the Wi-Fi because we're not crazy. I'm just. You do not have to pay for the Wi-Fi, as we call it, the Wi-Fi. Um, and then in the back, so in the space that you see that kind of drops down lower, that's where the auditorium will be. So the auditorium will seat um, the goals around 250 seats. Um, so when we were talking about it, it's funny when you talk about buildings, they ask you per code, you have to say, what would the max capacity of your building ever be? And that's how you determine bathrooms. I'm learning a lot, you guys. It's how you determine bathrooms and emergency exits. And we've said for years, we, w we never want our church to be bigger than 500 people. If it reaches that, we'll cap it and we'll plant new churches. So the purpose is not to grow a big church. Our purpose is to grow a, a community that remains intimate and small. And if it if it, if it reaches that point ever, we will, we will plant another one. We'll send somebody out to start another church. So we wanted to make sure that that 250, we, would do multi, we could do multiple services with it. Um, there will be kids' rooms. So we'll have a toddler room. There will be a baby room. Um, there actually be a baby room with a two-way window so you can actually watch the message as it's happening. So if you're rocking a baby, you can see what's still going on. Um, but the coffee shop will be functioning and running during the week. There's a parking lot. So one of the big things we were talking about What's, what's key for us is accessibility and visibility, um, which we are limited by here in Fullwell. And just because it's, it's a school tucked in a neighborhood. So unless you happen to drive by on a Sunday morning between 8 and noon, you're never going to see it. And we want to be permanent in this, this neighborhood where we love and we love so many people and we have so many friends. And um, so that is the dream right now. It's really scary. <laughs> I will tell you the easy thing, easy thing would be to walk away and just say, it's too hard. I can't raise that much money. I can't run a coffee shop. <laughs> that would be easy. But every night we go to sleep and we're like, we will regret it or we'll regret it forever if we don't try. And so that's where we're at. We, we talk to our board. We have a board and they're on, they're on board. That's really funny. Kind of, that's kind of funny. It sounds funny. So they're, they're, all for it and they're so excited so this week we're actually starting conversations already we're meeting with people we're asking for money from people which is pray for us that's really hard it's hard to ask for money i don't know if i'm the only one but it's not a fun thing to do because in my independence I want to be able to do it all on my own but we can't do it on our own and so that's us also asking for your help we can't do this alone we don't want to do this alone this is really exciting and really really fun and the opportunities this building would bring just to really be a part of our community is is huge and even parts of with the coffee shop the money that comes in will one help pay for the rent of the building but also the other money that comes in is going to go right back out into ace in the city to Sheridan's story that provides meals to our, our kids in our community it's a way for us to love on our community too and we'll talk about that too as people come in they'll know where the money is going and we'll be very open and honest about that so we wanted to first tell you guys today about this we wanted to bring it up and ask you to just start praying about it just start praying and maybe talking to people you may know and just really asking God like what have you called me to do to maybe be a part of this or to help financially next week we're gonna have cards we're gonna come up with like cards that you um, I don't know if you want to call it I don't like the word pledge yeah, 
just what you think financially you could do. And that's more helping us kind of put it together so we know, we know where we're at and where we have to raise outside of the church too. So just be thinking about that. Be praying for this. Um, again, it's, it's scary and so exciting, and we're so excited to be a part of it with you. And um, if anyone can be a barista, we are looking to hire. We'll need to hire a full-time, a, a, probably one person for sure. Chelsea, are you raising your hand back there? <laughs> Chelsea already said she's going to work part-time for it. Um, we'll need part-time people and full-time people working for the coffee shop possibility it might have a drive-through which is crazy but the um the designer he's looking at possibly making it into a drive-through even so we'll need lots of help you will get paid this isn't a full-time free gig i should note that this is not full-time for free we will pay you but we work for free <laughs> um so yeah that's that's it and so with um, the cards that we'll be coming up with, this is not a, we're going to give you a card next week, write it down. Um, this is, we're going to give you something to take home again, to pray some more about it. Um, and then a week or so, maybe a week or two after that, um, we'll bring them all together. And, um, and really we'll gather around them all and we'll pray. And uh, we'll believe for God to do what only he can do. And we're going to do what we can do. Um, but just to reiterate, like, we, we feel such an immense honor to get to do this with you. Um, I hope it never feels like we're doing it and you're just spectators because we depend on you and we love you. Um, and so thank you for letting us do this. Um, thanks for believing with us. Start dreaming with us. Like, this is, like, this is, like, man, start dreaming. Um, and, and so with that, um, we figured... Uh, this would be the perfect time to invite all of us into this. And so we are going to um, actually uh, take up our tithes and offerings this morning now. Um, just wanting to give, again, some information about uh, what's coming. And at the same time, take this opportunity to invite you to join us in this. Uh, for those of you who have been giving uh, faithfully, I mean, we just so appreciate it. We, we are so grateful for it. The great thing about giving, the great terrifying thing about giving is giving is an exercise in trust uh, an exercise in trust and um, has anybody ever done like one of those trust falls before where you stand and then you fall backwards and then sometimes they take it a step further and they have you step up on a ledge and fall backwards and you're just kind of hoping that everyone who was there when you walked up is there when you fall. Um, I mean, giving is very much like that. It's, it's, God, I'm trusting you with something that I maybe can't see the tangible outcome of now, but I believe that you're there. And I believe that this is your money. I believe that these are your resources. And so, God, I'm going to give back to you what you've given me to borrow. And the church, we, we talk about tithing all the time. It's 10%. Um, the top 10%, giving God 10% so that you and I could live off of a blessed 90 because we do believe that God blesses finances when finances are done in the right way. And so we just want to invite you into this. I'm going to invite our ushers forward. I'm going to pray for offering. 
and then I'm going to riff for a couple of minutes. We also have some ways to give. You can give uh, cash or check. You can also give online at motioncitychurch.com slash giving, or you can text in your give, your tithe. How easy is that? Some of you may have even been texting during church. Just text that number and give. It's that simple. Um, But I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to riff for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to dismiss. Father, we just thank you so much, God. God, what an amazing journey it's been since 21 in that Holiday Inn. God, you have met us every step of the way in such profound ways and in such practical ways. And God, we are asking for you right now to do what only you can do. God, we we believe in our bones. God, that you've led us to this place this time so that we could take this next step. And God, we just ask that, uh, that you would continue to open doors, you would continue to open opportunities. Because God, we love this community. We believe that the best days of this community are ahead. And God, we just are so honored to have a part in this story. And so God, as we um, step into this, Father, we step into it with you, knowing that you have gone before us and that you go with us and that you cover our our rears in the process. And God, as we give today, God, may we give in faith and in trust, God, knowing that you can do insurmountably more with our money than we could. So God, I pray a blessing over these ties over these offerings, God, my prayer for this, as it has always been, is that through every dollar given, God, you would make the name of Jesus famous in this community, in this state, in this nation and world. God, would you use us in such a profound way to make the name of Jesus famous, to create a space for people to belong, and for us to send out those to create other churches, other faith communities, God, so that people could hear and that people could have an opportunity to respond. Because God, you are so good and you love us so well. We're so grateful for that love. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.